Today on Wine Access Unfiltered. The track listing for the Little Big Town record came out and Hide the Wine wasn't on there. <gasps> and just at the last second, Kimberly, um, she found a different song last second that she liked better. So I ended up getting the song. Welcome, everyone, to the Wine Access Unfiltered podcast. I am your host, Amanda McCrossin, and I am here again with Vanessa Conlin. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited about today, I have to say. I am too. Carly Pierce, country music superstar. How cool is that? Superstar, but not just um not just a musician, but a musician who uses her music to spread the word about wine. Hell, yes, yeah, she does. And I fully respect and appreciate that. I think it is super super cool. So she has this song called Hide the Wine. And have you have you heard this song before? I look. It's a good one. I looked into it. I have to say um, I was at first I was like, wait, why would I hide the wine? But then it it all became clear once I listened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think what is so cool about Carly is that, you know, she's done all the things. She's performed at the Opry. She's had a couple of number one hits. Um, She is clearly a country music sensation, but has this song called Hide the Wine and Loves Wine. And that is sort of her thing. People in the industry know that she loves wine. Even like our producers said, the first person that that everyone suggested when we launched this podcast was Carly Pierce. So I've seen her kind of around uh, the Napa circles. Like I know she's kind of friendly with the Chapelais. Um, and I know she's she's very into Napa wines. But I wanted to find her something that she's maybe not had before, you know, she's pretty familiar with some of the bigger producers like Silver Oak and Camus. Um, in her Hide the Wine video, she's got Elowan Pinot Noir. So I thought it would be fun to find her a different Pinot, maybe slightly smaller production. And then also another Cabernet with a little bit of a legacy, kind of like the other brands that she loves. That's also a tinier production that she's maybe not heard of. I'm so there with you. And I'm really excited about the one we chose. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of this Pinot producer, have a, a bit of a personal friendship and connection there, which never hurts. But also, I just think this this particular producer is, is like just knocking out of the park in terms of quality. Um, and I can't wait to share it and see what she thinks. Me too. I'm really going to be curious to see which of the two wines that she loves. She's mentioned that she doesn't love rosé or white wine, so we'll definitely have to dig into what's going on there. But this is a girl who's an equal opportunity drinker. She loves her Wine Wednesdays. You can see it all over Instagram. And she just looks like she's so much fun and, and like a breath of fresh air. So I am very excited to drink a couple of bottles of wine with her and talk about what's going on in her life right now. And might I say, Amanda, I think you chose really well because you chose this uh, the Napa wine that we're going to enjoy with her. And um, yeah, I think she's going to like it. I mean, I, I, I've definitely cracked my bottle open and I'm excited to have this class glass of wine together. I think we've got two really solid wines. So without any further ado, let's drink. We are so excited to have Carly Pierce with us who, Carly, you're a very big wine fan. Everyone in the music space knows that you, as much as you love country music, love wine as well. I do. I think probably since I had a song out called Hide the Wine, I've been country music's glorified wino, and I'm just fine with that. <laughs> I, for one, really love it. I am very, I'm very curious to talk about that song because I've watched the video a few times and it's a super fun video, but there is a particular wine in that video and I want to ask you about that. But before we get there, we picked two wines for you based on some preferences that we heard about. So the first is a Pinot Noir. Um, we heard that you like Pinots, and in your Hide the Wine video, you have a Pinot. I do. So I figured we'd choose a Pinot. Uh, so this is Dragonette, and this is actually a wine. Vanessa, you're really friendly with Brandon, um, so maybe you can speak to this. But this is one of my favorite sort of new discovery wines, a teeny tiny little producer in Santa Rita Hills. This is a 2017 Dragonette. Yeah, no, this is uh, one of my favorite producers. They're kind of this like... A little bit under the radar, but for people who pay attention to wine, they they know Dragonette. Um, but my, my friend Brandon Sparks-Gillis, um, I met him studying for the Master of Wine program, 
and we became friendly. And um, he's co-founder and winemaker. And this is really sort of the epitome of this sort of like just super small production where like, you know, the, these guys are doing everything by hand. Um, it's really refreshing when you go to the winery because, you know, I don't get me wrong. I love a fancy chateau and, uh, you know, all these beautiful estates in Napa. But, you know, you're kind of driving around in, in Santa Barbara County and, and, um, and the directions you think you're lost because you kind of it's behind like an auto body shop this little wine really <laughs> this little winery yeah it's not at all in like what you think would be it's not at all a to- like a tourist destination you kind of have to know where you're going in Buellton is a town uh, it's a teeny little town and um anyway so it's kind of charming because it's like hey like they're they're just here doing their thing making wine on a super super high quality level um but very hand touch and uh, I I think the world of 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 what they make. So anyway, I'm really excited that yeah. we have this in our glass right now. Me too. It's a little mm-hmm. spicy and like kind of savory. Yeah. You know, um, this, the Santa Rita Hills is super windy and I, I really didn't have a sense for this until I had actually visited that. Like you can't take a good photo because like your hair <laughs> is going in a million directions. Um, unless you are Beyonce, <laughs> unless you're Beyonce, in which case like nothing touches you, including wind. But um <laughs> But no, but the the point is like that. Um, even if you look at the color for Pinot, it's a little bit darker than than some that you see, and it's literally because it's kind of like very close to the ocean. Lots of this sort of windswept um, uh, area. It gets a lot of coolness, but because it's so windy, the grapes actually have this sort of like natural reaction to it, almost like they're building up their their protective profile, and so that it ends up having a little bit more color and tannin than Pinot Noir from from other regions. And I do always get this kind of real like earthy, earthy spice to your point, uh, Amanda. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you like it, Carly? Yeah, I was I was very surprised at the color of it. I was like, this does not look like a Pinot. Mm -hmm. But like great acidity, too, because it's, you know, it's lots of California sunshine. But again, like really close to the ocean and all that cooling influence keeps it keeps the, the the acid and the ripeness balance really perfect. Yeah. Well, and we we heard that you were kind of an equal opportunity drinker. You know, you weren't you weren't like super discerning. Like I only drink. You, there's only a few wines I think in your in the in the book that you're not a huge fan of. Interestingly, rosé being one of them. You're not a rosé drinker, huh? Well, you know what's interesting is I I feel like white and rosé. I um kind of like don't knock it till you try it. And so I've recently. Caitlin Bristow, she's one of the bachelorettes and she's got a wine line. Um, and I tried rosé with her and I was like, wait a minute, maybe I just like dry rosé. Maybe that's what it is. And I did. So I, I now I'm like equal opportunist for whatever, whatever wine. OK, you're just down for the down for the juice. Down for it. Down for it. And then the other one we picked this. I love this producer. Vitas, I don't know how much experience you have with Kiever. But uh, but Carly, you've been to Napa, right, Carly? Yes, yeah. one time. I only got to uh, go to. I, I spent two days, um, one day full day of four wineries. Then a, nice. one day, uh, or I did back to back days, and I learned that you need like a middle, like a day off. You know, accurate um, spa day. But yes, it was beautiful. Yeah. So this is Kiever. This is although the label says Napa Valley. There, this is actually a vineyard designate from Yountville. Um, and it's made by one of the great winemakers in Napa Valley, Celia Welsh, who is also really famous for a handful of other wines, one being Scarecrow. Um, but she's been making this wine since the early 2000s. And I always, I love this wine, one, because it's another like smaller production wine, but two, it's always been family owned and operated. And it just has this really kind of like lush feel to it. And it's clearly Valley floor fruit, but it also has like kind of a sexiness to this wine that I just really enjoy. And so it's it's 2015, so it's pretty concentrated. It's a tiny, tiny vintage. Not that we need to get geeky about vintages, but 2015, not a lot of wine to go around, sadly. No. Uh, but a vintage that is highly, highly concentrated. And I think that speaks in this glass, which is just like jumping out of it with with like massive amounts of rich raspberry and strawberry. And like, it's just kind of like sexy and plushy. I'm very into it. I love your descriptions of wine. It just makes me want to drink all of them more. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yes. Wine descriptions a lot of fun. I I actually really love to not use your traditional vernacular. So I try to avoid words like tannin and acid and I try to I try to like make it a little bit more relatable to my everyday life. And maybe that stems from like working in a restaurant for so long and 
you know, people <laughs> don't really respond to, to like tannin and acid so well. So you have to like sort of come up with a story. And I guess by the end of it, you've like crafted a song in some ways. But yeah, this wine, this wine is like, you know, like a sexy crowd girl, like walking through the vineyard, like doing her thing. That's kind of key. I don't know. Maybe that's why I picked this wine for you. <laughs> I'm into it. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Do you like this one? I do. Are you, yes. are you into this one? Do you have a favorite so far? Um, they can change as you go through. Probably the first one. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Pinot. Okay. All right. All right, Carly. Well, speaking of Pinot, so you wrote and or you, you had this song called Hide the Wine. And first of all, how did that song come about? And second of all, uh, were you more into wine or less into wine before you wrote this song? So I actually did not write this song. Um, it's a but perform this song, but it's a really um, it's a really cool story of how it kind of landed in my lap. Um, not to bore everyone, but um, I we've got wine. We're good. I didn't have a record deal, but I had a publishing deal at the time, and my publisher. We were just going through songs that people had written, and he was like, "Hey, I want you to hear this song." Hillary Lindsay is one of my absolute favorite songwriters. I actually wrote with her today. She's incredible and she just always kind of like meshes like a bluegrass swampy feel with with her um commercial songs and um I grew up in Kentucky so I just always have gravitated towards her and he was like I just want you to hear this song um and see what you think and so he played it and it was the demo of hide the wine and I was like I have to have this song even though I'm not signed and he was like so little big town is cutting it and I just wanted you to hear it because I feel like we need to find something for you that's like this well I was really mad at him because I was like a big wine drinker at that point um I've definitely gotten more into it as I've had the song but I was so mad at him I was like why did you play me this song that I can't have and fast forward like a year later I got a record deal and we were looking for songs for my album and um, just a few outside songs to kind of narrow in the album. And I was like, whatever happened with that Hide the Wine song? And he was like, um, well, Little Big Town Cut It, it's on their album that's coming out. And like three days later, the track listing for the Little Big Town record came out and Hide the Wine wasn't on there. <gasps> and just at the last second, Kimberly, the blonde, um, she actually sang it and um she found a different song last second that she liked better. So I ended up getting the song in the complete right time, made it a single. And it's just been fun. I feel like because people know they associate me so much with like the fact that I worked at Dollywood and wine, that I love wine. So I've gotten way more into wine since I've had that song. I always joke and and say I've gotten more wine in the last two years than anybody should ever get. Um, and I kind of want to write my own song called like hide the diamonds or something. Cause maybe they'll give me diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Good girl. That's like, that song was so meant to be my song. Um, but it just had to find its way to me. And I, I think that's a really cool story. And little big town and I have, all, have joked about it since. Um, but it's pretty cool. Well, it's clearly your song, Carly. I mean, you, you watch that video and I'm I don't know if you've seen it, but like it, you just embody that song and your wine and like, on the table in your like I am very about that video. I watched it like probably five times today. Um no what um but you so Elawan is the wine in the song. Were you envisioning that wine to be part of part of this story or was that something that just kind of happened from a for a, a different reason? So that I did like a small partnership with them um during that mm-hmm. that cycle of um of hide the wine. And so a lot of people have asked me, are you really drinking out of that bottle? And I really was. I mean, I was that video just to also give you a fun fact. It was 20 degrees outside and they, uh, we shot down by the river or down by the lake in Nashville. And it was in the middle of winter and they really wanted to do it outside. Girl. You were not dressed for that. I had like a short dress on, no shoes. And <laughs> I told them, I'm going to have to truly drink this wine to get kind of drunk so that I can handle this cold. <laughs> so anytime they would do a take, I would go over, chug a little wine, and they would throw like a heated blanket on me. And you also had a liquid blanket. Definitely. <laughs> yes. That's the best kind of blanket, in my opinion. Um, so are you, I mean, we love Elowan. And have you, you've had Elowan, right, Vanessa? Joy Wagner's wine from Oregon? I actually have not had it. No. Oh, okay. Are you a fan of the wine, Carly? No, of course. Yes, absolutely. I I was not familiar with it until they kind of came to the table. And um, I definitely had my share of that wine. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, you also mentioned hitting the Chewbacca chuck in the video. And I, <laughs> I watched this cute little video that you put up on your YouTube channel or somebody's YouTube channel about you trying the, the three wines that you thought were all different prices. And then it turned out that they were all Chewbacca chuck. Um, what did, what did you gain from that experience? I wonder. So we did that. That was all my band. We all did it together. And we all... They're so cute and funny. I love that video. <laughs> we figured out that... I mean, I think you can definitely tell like a really good wine versus not. But the like kind of in between, you don't know. I, I think it sometimes gets in your head of of just, oh, well, this is more expensive or this is two buck chuck. But we liked it all. Oh, good. Well, yeah. So was it all different varieties or was it all like, because I knew there's a few different like two buck chucks. Yeah, it was a few different ones. Okay. Have you ever had two buck chuck, Vanessa? I have. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thoughts and feelings? Well, you know, I think for what it is, they do a good job. You know, they make a consistent product. Um, I mean, for sure, like part of studying for the Master of Wine, I have to taste wine of all price points for all consumers. So I, I have had my fair share of of Tupac Chuck and the like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think for what it is, I did a, a comparative tasting between the tar- Target came out with a line called like California Roots. And I did that versus the Trader Joe's wine for my channel. And the Tupac Chuck was light years ahead of the the Target wine. I thought it was actually for what it was not, not too shabby. I mean, I'm not, I have enough wine like you, Carly, to get me through the next pandemic millennium whatever comes at us, I'm good. I don't know about food, but I definitely have wine. Um, so I don't, I don't feel like I need to go out and buy two buck chuck, but given the choice, I take that over a lot of things. A funny fact is when Hide the Wine came out, they changed two buck chuck, Trader Joe's did, to three buck chuck. Like right when the song came out. And I was like, this is not working for me. Stop it. <laughs> How dare they? Didn't they know that Hide the Wine was coming out? Right? <laughs> So I have a question about, you know, when you do sit down to to write um, in terms of like where you get your inspiration, like, do you kind of like think about a topic in advance that you want to write about or do, do these things just sort of come to you and you're like, oh, I want to write about that topic that I just thought of, you know, in the shower or the middle of the night? It, it depends. I would say um, every artist is different, but I would say me in particular um, in the country world, I'm kind of known for writing my truth. Um, maybe more so than other artists. So I feel like my biggest songs have been um, about life experience. So I do try to pull from that, especially when I have a lot of things going on in my life. Um, But I mean, song ideas can hit you at any time. Melodies can hit me at any time. Sometimes ideas, titles, full lyrics will sometimes come to me. It just really depends I think I'm more inspired when I have a lot of things going on in my life. Um, but it I, I've woken up in the middle of the night and had song ideas. Have you ever had an idea and it's like the middle of the night and you fall back asleep and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, that was so good, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I have learned to put it in my phone because, yes, that has happened to me. And I'll never know if that idea was good or not, but it seemed really good at 3 a.m. <laughs> well, clearly the best idea you ever had was taking on hide the wine which exactly has now gotten you through um so uh have you been writing quite a bit now i mean with with not touring and and being a little bit more sheltered than normal yeah i started writing kind of as soon as quarantine happened which is funny because i had just put out an album in february my sophomore album and um you know it it was kind of like oddly inspiring to have time to just focus on writing and so much so and so much has happened to me in the last few months that we completely um kind of you know i i hope you're happy now which was my second single off of that album it went number one i saw congratulations all your instagram posts were super cute about it thank you and we decided because i'd been writing so much um and felt like i had so much to say we kind of just closed the chapter on my sophomore album and we're coming actually uh i just found out today what my next single is going to be so um we're we're coming with new stuff that's exciting so how so what's the timeline on something like that i mean when when will that be released we're working on it right now sooner than later but it's it's interesting in in the music world you kind of have to uh they call it setting up a single um cuz you have to get photos right you have to to find the right pocket with your radio team to to have 
um, just a window into radio. They're called ad days. Um, so we're kind of working on all of that right now, but it'll be, it'll be soon. Good. Well, going back to, to days before you were hiding the wine and cutting singles for the radio, um, what was your life like as, as a kid in Kentucky? I grew up loving music. I, I don't really know when I, I don't think there was a day that I didn't want to be an artist, be a country music singer. I used to tell my parents when I was five years old that I was going to play on the Grand Ole Opry one day. Um, and I always played music. I was always involved in school, but somehow ended up playing in a lot of different bluegrass bands and things like that. And when I was 16, I convinced my parents to let me, I saw an audition to sing in the country show at Dollywood in uh, East Tennessee and convinced my parents to let me homeschool and drop out of high school. And I moved to Pigeon Forge for a few years and did that before I moved to Nashville. So it was always, I mean, Kentucky is is home to me, um, even though my parents don't live there anymore and I don't have a lot of family there. But Anybody who knew me knew that I wanted to sing country music. I was just the the singer. <laughs> and um, I've read that your mom was kind of into wine. Is that how you got into it yourself? I remember thinking it was so gross that she liked wine when I first turned 21. I'm pretty sure I was drinking like Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> when I started drinking, which is <laughs> disgusting or Smirnoff Ice. So I, I I was a little redneck back in the day, um, but I've I, I she's always loved wine. So it's now kind of a thing for us when I... When I get a lot of wine, she'll be like, well, what'd you get? You don't you don't really like white. So give me that. So it's it's fun. <laughs> so what was there an experience that you had that like sort of led you to where you are now? I mean, where did aside from your mom drinking wine, what, like what was the catalyst? You know, I just feel like I started acquiring a taste for it. I really tried to I tried a lot of her stuff and. I'm not really a huge fan of liquor. Um, I kind of have to do that in small doses, but I just started to kind of acquire a taste for it. And I will say since Hide the Wine, I feel like I've taken on a, a wanting to know more about wine and um, really enjoy trying different, trying different, you know, from different areas of the world and different areas of the U.S. and and really have taken on just a real love of it. Um, but I think I just acquired a taste for it somewhere in my early 20s and started to really enjoy it. So now that you're exploring more, do you just um, are you just sort of like buying bottles, tasting them, seeing if you like them? Or do you have kind of like a region that you decide, oh, I'm going to really like roll up my sleeves and delve into that? Um, I would say I... I do try a lot of things, but I also am surrounded in the music industry. My manager, my label president, um, a lot of my friends. Russell Dickerson is a good friend of mine. He and I love wine so much. So I, you, I kind of feel like I'm learning from other people and just seeing what they like and, and learning more by word of mouth of people that really like nice wine. But it's also ruining me. <laughs> So what happens on the road? I mean, when you're with your band and you're touring and not doing blind tasting videos, um, is there like a wine fridge? Like, are they drinking with you? Like, how? what is the wine situation on on a tour? So all of my guys really like wine. And we, on our rider, which is what, when you get to any city, we have um, certain things that they have to give us for us to come and play shows. Yeah. And wine is always on there. And sometimes I always bring wine um, and the band, they really like it when I bring out the good stuff. <laughs> so we, we definitely, uh, there's a lot of wine that gets, um, that gets drank when we're on the road. And I do have a band that really, all of the guys really enjoy wine. So what is the good stuff? I mean, if I'm buying wine for myself and I want to splurge a little, I guess, um, if I'm like being nice to, and being like, hey, guys, I got good stuff. My go to's are Stag's Leap, Camus, Silver Oak. Um, those are probably the three that I really love. When I went to Napa, I really fell in love with Peju wine and um, Chapelet a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yeah. Very classic. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Did you, you did a live video with Chapelet or did something with Chapelet recently, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we did a, um, like an online concert, um, with Blakeslee and her husband and it was super fun because 
I got to visit their um their winery when I was in Napa and that was just one of the coolest experiences if anybody goes to Napa and you can go and see Blakesley and her husband at the Chapelet Vineyard. Um, she takes you up in a truck into this like whimsical forest thing. I don't know. It was just beautiful. She's got one hell of an automobile collection up there. Yes, she does. Have you, oh my God. They're like vin- beautiful vintage like SUVs and Jeeps. And there's, she's, she's very, very cool. And that, I mean, that property itself is gorgeous, but she, you know, that those vehicles are just, you can see them on Instagram if you haven't seen them, but it's a cool place. Are you um are you exploring other regions uh as far as travel when when you're not coming to Napa and maybe when we're not forbidden to travel anywhere? My dream is to go to Italy one day. I would love to do that. Um I really like wine um in Washington and Oregon, I have found, but I would like to visit some of the wineries there. Um yeah, I would love I would just love to be able to explore more in Napa, but also see some of the vineyards like elsewhere. Yeah. There's so much to see. I've lived, I've lived in Napa Valley for five years and I still haven't seen it all. And Vanessa, you've been here longer and I don't think you have either. I've been here for 10 years and I definitely haven't seen it all. There's a lot (laughs) and new ones always pop up. So like just when you think that you've scratched the surface, it's more arrive. So I want to ask more about this rider that you that you uh <laughs> so what do you think like what's the most expensive wine that you could ask for that they would actually be like okay we got gotcha. you i mean like how far can you go i will say that a lot of places now that they know me and know that i love um they know what wines i really like i get a lot of camus on my writer which is like score we love that <laughs> But I mean, a lot of times it's, you know, um, I just recently found one that's like $22 that I really love, the stag. That I I was kind of like, oh, you can give me, you know, anything in like the Josh or Freak Show or Robert Mondavi like range. And now I'm like, give me the stag or Camus. Yes, Camus. And Camus makes a few other wines under their um under their umbrella that are really have you ever had the MLO wines? No, but you would love the so MLO is Jenny Wagner. So in the Wagner family, you have Chuck Wagner, who is the patriarch, and then the the kids. So then you have Charlie, Joey, and Jenny. Jenny's wine is MLO, and she makes Merlot and Sauvignon Blanc, and I think one other and a sparkling wine now. And they're wonderful. And they're like, they're not as expensive as the Camus. Um, they're not quite as inexpensive as some of the other wines, but they're you would love them and you would also love Jenny because she's just the coolest. She like grew up in a vineyard and you know Jenny, right, Vanessa? I'm better, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's the best. So I actually know I know Jenny and I also um Chuck just sent me a magnum that he signed of conundrum because he's heard me speak about famous <laughs> and conundrum and he wrote, Carly, I hope you're happy now. And I was like, I am very happy with this magnum. He honestly, Chuck is one of the most generous people I've ever met uh in my life, not just in Napa Valley, but I I've gotten to know him really, really well in his family over the past few years working in Napa Valley. And I mean, that doesn't, I mean, I, I'm so happy that he did that, but in, it in no way surprises me at all that he did it. Well, I, I've just found, I mean, even, um, one of the sons of Silver Oak, he's been so good to me. And I played an event, um, at the Bluebird for him and he had me, um, over when I was in Napa and I just the community is so kind and Blakesley and just all these people that I've met, everybody is just so generous. Um, and Chuck had never even met me and he sent me that to my house and that's just really nice. He'd be so embarrassed that we were talking about him, but he really is like, I can't tell you the amount of times every, anytime we would sell a bottle of Camus or any sort of Wagner wine in the restaurant, it didn't matter what he was doing, who he was with, how he felt that night. And he would come to the restaurant at least once a week he would always make a point to go over to the table, shake their hands, introduce himself, give him give him his card, anything you need. This is my cell phone. I mean, he really is just that genuine a human being. And like, I can't tell you the amount of times that he just would like pay for someone's dinner and not tell them. And just just amazing, amazing, amazing family that just gets the the that feeling of Napa Valley, that familial community. Um He's there. I just, I can't, I love the Wagner so much. And Chuck is just such a special person to me. So I'm glad that you have the same feeling about them. So I'm curious about your sort of pre, your your ritual, let's say, whether you're recording in the studio or you're going to, you know, do a live show. Like, do you have wine before or do you wait until after? 
I definitely have it before. I have learned um, a few times that maybe I should not have as much as I maybe sometimes pour myself. Um, I have to be careful and gauge it right. But I like to have a glass of wine before I perform. I like to have um, anytime the studio, maybe not as much. Um, I kind of stick to tea and water and maybe a little whiskey just for your voice um, in the studio. But other than that, like when I'm on the road, wine is definitely like kind of a pre-show. Just kind of like takes the edge off a little bit. What's your whiskey of choice? Um, My band always has Bullet. So I feel like I've just kind of... Yeah, Bullet's yeah, great. That's probably my... Bullet Rye or Bullet Bourbon? Um, We like the bourbon. I'm a big Bullet Bourbon fan. Actually, one of my favorite things is uh, either Whistle Pig or Bullet Bourbon. And uh, I grew up in the East Coast and we would go to New Jersey every year for the summer. And they have this Johnson's popcorn on the boardwalk. So it's this like caramel corn. So Johnson's caramel corn popcorn and a shot of Bullet or a shot of Whistle Pig. Like, you want to talk about wine pairings? Screw the wine. It's all about the bourbon and the popcorn. <laughs> yes. Whistle Pig is so good. <laughs> yes. Whistle Pig is delicious. Um, so you've also talked about maybe someday owning a vineyard. Is that like long, long-term plans for you? Do you think about that in a serious way? Or is that just something you're like, well, maybe someday? Kicks Brooks to me. I, and I've talked to him a few times from Brooks and Dunn. He obviously owns Arrington Vineyards in Nashville and... That would be dream to me to have something small like that. Um, but I think it's, you know, I always joke like I rate things and I'm like, Carrie Underwood status, then I could maybe have a vineyard. Um, but <laughs> I would love, I mean, that's Carrie loves her wine. She does. And I just, I just think it's really cool what Kix has built. Um, and I, I, I would love to do something like that. Well, if you did, is there a particular grape or style of wine you'd like to make? I'm a huge cab fan, so I would probably have to start there. But I really, you know, something else that I, my uh, late producer, his name was Busby. Um, he was a huge Bordeaux fan, Bordeaux. Mm. And I really, really enjoy those as well. Yeah. Have you, so you haven't been to Bordeaux yet, right? No. Is, so do you want to go to Bordeaux or to Italy first? Oh, Italy first, just because it's like bucket list yeah, thing. The food. Well, I love Bordeaux. I think, especially if you love cab, it's got to be like top of your list. So um, I highly recommend you getting there. Um, I'm curious, uh, restaurant wise, are you someone that goes out to restaurants and orders wine or are you just kind of a, or is that a thing for you as of yet? Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Of course. Don't yes. be dumb. Of course. I <laughs> I did that last night. No, I mean, I I love, um, obviously, right now in the world, it's a little different. And I feel right. like I've been drinking more at home and cooking because I'm at home and I haven't been this, I haven't been at home this much in like four years. So it's been nice. But I love getting together. Um, even tonight, I'm going with a couple girlfriends and we'll have wine and um it's just a very, it's a social thing. I, I, I love being able to go to dinner and have wine with friends. Yeah. So now that you've made, you know, you have this song um, and you're kind of known for, for being this like, you know, wine lover, do, do people, are they like asking you questions, like, like expecting you to know a bunch of stuff that, you know, that they want to learn? I get asked a lot of things. Um, I also have been fortunate enough to, uh, some of my my country radio friends have brought in their friends that are sommeliers that have like taken and brought some different wines for me, which is really awesome. And I just feel like people either ask me questions or they bring me things or I get to kind of have unique experiences. Even with country fans, I do a lot of wine tastings um, before shows with fans and kind of get to show them what I like and I'll pick the wines a lot of times. So it's kind of it really has become like an extension of my brand, which is really fun for me because I love it so much. And it's fun to kind of get to interact with fans in a unique way by wine tasting. That's super fun. So what are you putting in the in the wine tasting for your fans? It depends. A lot of times I'll like pick a couple random things and then put something in like like the stag or conundrum that I will tell them, you know, I I drink this on the regular. Um, and then just for fun, a lot of times I'll put in something that's like a little nicer and just say, this is like when somebody else is buying it for me. <laughs> it is always different when, when, I mean, we're, we're so lucky as wine professionals that we get to taste the gamut, but it is interesting what you're willing to pay for yourself versus 
what you would rather drink if someone else is paying. Um, or you have the uh, the corporate card. <laughs> so true. Um, for your Wine Wednesday, because I guess I did stalk your Instagram, um, your Wine Wednesday with your friends, uh, what is happening in that situation? How does it go down? Does everyone bring their own bottle? Is it like a serious wine situation or is it like a free-for-all? So that Wine Wednesday um, that I have quite a bit is with a few of my friends, Russell Dickerson. He's a country artist, Lindsay L. She's also a country artist. And then Caitlin Bristow, the bachelorette. So we're all winos. Um, I think we've kind of just made Lindsay an honorary wino, even though at first she wasn't, um, not saying she didn't like it, but she wasn't as insane as us. So we all bring bottles. Um, Caitlin actually had just gotten her, uh, Pinot Noir in from her line. And so she brought that. I brought a bottle. Russell has a, uh, they just uh, moved into a new home. So they have kind of like a wine cellar situation. So he'll always bring out something good and it's so fun. And that's what I'm talking about. Just like community and getting to try different things that different people like. And that's a lot of times how I figure out how I like something. Oh, that's it. I mean, that's a good way to do it. I, I, uh, I've definitely been turned on to some wines by some of my favorite wines by friends. And I always recommend to people, like if you are not someone that is normally a person that like steps out of your comfort zone. If you're uncomfortable going to wine tastings or classes, like just get a group of friends together, like throw a price point at the wall and go to a store and just grab a bottle of wine and like see what happens. Because I think that's wine is there is a certain reverence about wine that I think people are afraid to like to push a little bit. And I I always find that um other people kind of like push your limits a little bit more than maybe you'd normally push yourself. So um, are, are wine classes a thing for you? Do you, do you have any interest in like learning the ins and outs? Or you're like, I'm real happy with a glass of wine, just sitting back and drinking. If I ever really got into it, I mean, that's something that Caitlin and I have talked quite a bit about just because she's really entering into that world. And I would love, I, I would want to take the classes if I was going to really put my name on something. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that would definitely be something I would be interested in. As of right now, I'm just cool with, ooh, I like the taste of this yeah. or whatever. But yeah, I definitely would want to to educate myself on that. Yeah. So is there another um, musician, country or other genre that you think, wow, I would love to like sit down and just like share a bottle with this person and get to know them? Oh, uh, Dolly. <laughs> For sure. Yes. I think you speak for all of us, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I share I share quite a bit of wine with Kelsey Ballerini. She's a good friend and we dust one or two bottles every time we hang out. Um, you throw Marin in there and we really get down. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love a lot of my girlfriends are in the country industry. Runaway June, um, those girls, Jen Wayne, she's very affiliated with a lot of people in Napa. Um, and so I would say. Meryl Streep would be the one person I would like to outside of music or Julia Roberts. Ooh, any particular reason? Like, is there, are they part of your favorite films? Yeah. I just, those two women to me are so classy and fun. And Meryl Streep is in my favorite movie of all time, which is so stupid, but maybe you'll get to know me better. Um, it's Complicated is my favorite movie ever. Oh. And so much of that <laughs> is about wine and food and her girlfriends. And I just love it. I just think she is like the picture of class. And so is Julia Roberts. They both are. I, I mean, I kind of got into wine because I wanted to be a classy lady. And that was to me, the thing that made me classy, I guess. I feel that. But I, I mean, I joke about it, but it's true. Like I grew up like wanting like with Julie Roberts and Meryl Streep and Catherine Hepburn and like, you know, women who were sophisticated, who like, you know, would, could talk about wine and could go to different countries and they would like bake their way through the language. And I was like, that's that's me. I need to do that. And the only way I can do that is clearly by knowing more about wine. So that's why I became a sommelier. Probably also eat, pray, love, Julia. I just want to be her friend during that. Oh. I can't watch that too many times. Honestly, anytime I'm on an airplane with like in demand, it's on at least once. I yeah. feel that. Speaking <laughs> of airplanes, I'm curious about both of you. What is your airplane wine of choice? Are you a drinker on the airplane? I can't do it. It's no? too terrible. I just can't do it. I don't know. I just don't want to waste the calories on it because it's just really bad. But I flew JetBlue and the wines were like, I'm always curious what they have on the flights because there is like a lot of thought that goes behind what they select. It's not always good. Um, and oftentimes you're like forced to drink some terrible Pinot Grigio from God only knows where. Um, but sometimes like you can actually find some like okay wines. What's what's your thought, Vanessa? 
You know, I'm usually a vodka soda on a plane. Yeah, I feel that. I that's I, I do that or a little whiskey. Do you bring your own cocktail kit? I feel like that's something you would do. You know, uh, I <laughs> I haven't, but um, I think that's a great idea, and I would definitely be open to it. Yes, yeah, Carly. I would definitely do it. I'm I'm known for uh, bringing my own wine to restaurants and things like that. <laughs> all right, she likes to bring it all. Um, so when your single went number one, did you celebrate with anything in particular? It was really hard. Um, you know, I I never expected, obviously, to have my entire life be jolted by no shows. And for us as musicians, you know, I I had my first number one in 2017. And I remember that build and that amazing feeling with my band and with the crowds of watching your song grow and, and seeing more and more people interact with it. And then when it went number one, it was just such a celebration. And when I Hope You're Happy Now was top 20, I think, is when the pandemic hit. And so it was interesting. I've, I don't know. I didn't get to watch this one build on the road, but I celebrated with Kelsey the night that it went number one. Um, and with my team, we had a couple different hangs and with my band. And so we definitely celebrated that week um, the best that we could. But I missed out on getting to celebrate with country fans. Is there any like go to champagne or wine that you would like normally celebrate with? There was a lot. I remember my girlfriends, they always love to come over because none of them will spend, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, close to a hundred bucks on a bottle of wine. So I was, I still have a hard time with that too. When it was that, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm buying a couple bottles. So I I brought out, you know, some Camus and Silver Oak and they were really excited. So we drank quite a few bottles of that between, between us. (laughs) Good for you. Well, in the interest of getting you more wine, is there any wine out there that you haven't had that you just love to? I mean, what do I need to try that you both think? I mean, that's what I said. Like, word of mouth. What do I need? Vanessa, do you have any thoughts? Well, I mean, I'm. uh, you mentioned you wanted to go to Italy. You said you like Cab. um, You like you like Napa, you like Bordeaux. So I'm I'm sort of thinking like, what about like Tuscany, like super Tuscans? Or Nalaya. Way to drink, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Masetto. Look, I'm I'm like pulling my phone out. I'm like, <laughs> what do I need? I w- <laughs> yeah, we were thinking about t- so in Tuscany, you know, there's um there's this uh, wines called Super Tuscans, which are you know um I love your face right now. By the way, built You're on like, yes, Bo- tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> but Bordeaux varieties, but grown in grown in Italy. Um, so so there's a couple famous, you know, Amanda named Ornelia, which is probably you know one of the most one of the most famous iconic. But there's another one called Massetto, which is all Merlot, but from Tuscany, um, and planted by Andre Telechev, who was very influential in the Napa Valley as well. So I don't know. It just made me think like y- you've named a couple things, and they all seem to be converging on this one region. I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Vanessa. You need to make <laughs> you need to make me a list. Make me a list, and I'll, we got uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You. I think super, super Tuscans. <laughs> if you've not had a Super Tuscan, that has your name written all over it. Because one, it's a blend, and I know you like blends. Two, it's usually a hefty amount of Cabernet, if not Cabernet dominant. And three, it's from your newfound favorite region. Whenever you get there, so right, it's written in my yep. phone. I'm gonna go find it. Yeah. Super Tuscans. Yeah. Right. Or Ornelia is quite famous. We who was the who was the basketball player that, that was like their first wine? Do you remember? Was it Jimmy? I think it it was Jimmy Butler, but it was Sasakaya. Oh, was it was it was Sasakaya. Yeah, that's the other one. Sasakaya Ornelia. Memorize it. Get oh, it in your getting... brain so that when you're a little bit tipsy, you can still remember it and have somebody buy it for you. Or just or <laughs> just like your song inspirations, just put it in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my phone. I'm going to find it. And maybe it. if you're okay. really smart, put it in your next song. Right? Oh, I should right. just write a song called Super Tuscan. Forget about diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Put Ornelia in your next song. I'm like, Super Tuscan. <laughs> we'll give you a list you. of all the wines that you need in your life, like the really expensive ones. And then that is what should be the inspiration for your next album. I think your next album, frankly, should just be nothing but song titles that are prestigious bottles of wine so that we can fill your cellar in the way that you were meant to have a cellar. I agree. I second this notion. I'll get on that. <laughs> Are there any plans to have any more wine-themed songs on your in your future? 
So on my second album, I put a song on there called Lightning in a Bottle, which is all about wine as well. Um, like the first line is, $20 Cabernet was the same kind we always drank. Um, oh, I love it. So yeah, I I called it the Wine 2.0 song. And I, I really do think, I know this sounds stupid, but I really do think that I will have a wine song on every project that I do. Because it's just, it's part of me and, and people want it and they love it. And yeah, we support this endeavor. In whatever way you need. We do. <laughs> How are we liking these wines? Have you gone back to them at all? Are you, are you, I'm, gra- I'm not gravitating towards one over the other, which I think is really interesting because normally there's one glass that's done by the end of this podcast. Oh, and Carly has one. Is that the Pinot? You're like, I got this. Yeah, down the hatch. Vanessa? I'm going back to them both. You know, they're both so beautiful, but I'm, I'm with the, I'm with Carly today. This Pinot, there's just like, it's got this just really like refreshing acidity, um, like freshness. Like it makes my mouth water. It makes me want to go back for more. It kind of makes me think about what I want to eat tonight, you know, like, like it's made my palate just go, Ooh, I'm awake. Talk to me. Yeah. So Carly, are you someone that pairs your, your food with, or your cooking with your wine or is it the other way around for you? I should. My mom, she's always like, you need, when you're making fish, you need to drink white. And I'm like, mom, I don't care if it's a hundred degrees outside. I'm probably going to drink red wine. Just chill it down a little. You're fine. So I definitely just, I, I go for, I, I pick the wine before I pick the, um, before I pick the food. It's not really a pairing thing for me. I'm like, nah, whatever. I'm going to like it. That is pairing. You can, I totally pair food to what I'm drinking. Actually in most nights, that's the case. Uh, normally I'm like, I'm like, what do I want to drink tonight? And if it's like, you know, I've got some like wacky something or other from the Jura, I'm like, all right, I got to have some like weird pasta with something umami in it. So I'm totally like pair your, pair your food with your wine, not the other way around. And I think a lot of people are that way too. And pair your wine with your mood. Also that very important and underrated thing to do. Is that something that you do, Carly? I feel like any mood that I have, especially during this quarantine, it's just how much wine can I drink? That's my mood. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. Yes. How much wine have you had? A lot. A lot. I drink. A, <laughs> yeah. I have drank um, a lot of. So, Carly, what what wines are in your future besides uh, Camus, Ornelia, Silver Oak? Anything else that you're like dying to try uh, over the next few weeks or so? See, this is why I need a job. I just need recommendations. So I feel like I'm going to go find a super Tuscan. I'm going to find it. Well, one of the perks of this podcast is you've got two trained professionals in your pocket now. You just got to tell me what I need and I'm going to go find it. Good. We'll help you. <laughs> so um, so what's next for you? I mean, you've got this, You, the album, the singles are in the works. The album is being written. Um, what's on the, What's on the horizon for Carly Pierce? I mean, I hope that none of us know when when we're going to get to go back out on the road, which is super frustrating because that's so much of I'm realizing just so much of who I am as a person and what makes me happy is just being busy and getting to play shows and be with my band and and kind of live that gypsy life. Um, but I've really, you know, it's uh, it's been a quarantine's been really good to me in a lot of ways. And I feel um, like I'm making music that I'm super proud of and really just trying to make the most of this time off because as musicians, we are constantly thinking about what is coming next, but we don't really allow ourselves time to make the best music. A lot of times our life is so busy, we kind of almost have to just fit it in. So I feel like I'm really trying to focus on that. And, and like I said, just really full steam ahead on a new single, which I'm so relieved is picked. And now I can kind of just divulge myself into that and, and just keep, keep trying to stay engaged and, um, get as much rest as I can. Cause I know when we're all able to, we're going to go full steam ahead more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this, this past few months has been very interesting. And Vanessa, I know your life changed. My life has changed. And I think the one thing that hasn't changed is wine is still the great unifier. It is still the thing that brings us all together no matter what. So 
I love that you're such a big fan of wine. I love that it's brought us together. I love that it's what brings you and your friends together. And, um, you know, whether that's on a Wednesday or not, I think, you know, it, it is an amazing thing. And, um, I really appreciate you, uh, championing it to, to others. I think it's great. And thank you. Thank you for not like shouting out White Claw. Cause you know, we don't need more of that. <laughs> White Claw is not my thing. I can't do it. <laughs> well, it's, it's been such a treat getting to talk to you. Thank you for for indulging us with all these stories. And thank you for sharing like a couple of glasses with us. I hope you uh, have a few friends to drink this with or just a really wonderful night alone with them. Either way. I mean, don't don't tempt me with a good time by myself of being able to dust a ball or two. You know, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> You're wonderful. I really look forward to the next single. And I look forward to hearing all the future wine songs on your next three albums. I promise I'll put another one on there for you. All right. You heard it here. <laughs> we'll hold you to it. Um, well, yes. In the meantime, uh, enjoy your wine. And if we can be of any help to you in the future with getting those wines to your cellar so you can indulge in great things like Super Tuscans in Bordeaux, you just let us know. Oh, I'm letting you know right now. We got you. We okay. got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Carly. Yeah, we appreciate this has been anytime. great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Vanessa, I don't know about you, but I am definitely ready to be official friends with Carly Pierce. I kind of want to be here when I grow up. She was so fun. She's so humble. She's so creative. And I just had the best time talking to her. I feel so energized right now. Yes, I love her. And I love that now moving forward, all of her her albums will include a wine themed song. So I'm looking forward to the rest of her career to see what that will include and I really hope it includes some fancy Italian wines that we talked about. She's just unbelievably talented and um, and loves wine. So I love her. No, she crushed it. So our last drops. What did we take away from this? What did we learn? And more importantly, what do you think of the wines? I loved the wines. Um, I thought they were really unique, diverse. Um, I think she loved them, which is the most important thing. You know, I kind of went into it thinking that she might be a bigger fan of the Kiever Cab. And not that I prefer one wine over the other, but it was sort of a pleasant surprise to hear that she preferred the Pinot. Well, the Kiever Cab was delicious. I mean, it's so solid always. I just think it's really expressive and lovely and such a beautiful portrait of Napa. But, you know, the Dragonette, um, I think, you know, I'm super, um, you know, excited by these wines coming out of Santa Barbara County. They're so soulful. They're so honest, you know, really incredible small production. Um, so anytime I get to drink anything from Dragonette, I'm so excited. So I love the Santa Rita Hills Pinot Noir. Yeah. I also love that she's friends with Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelorette, who's going to be on this season Dancing with the Stars, because I just think that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the things we learn on the Wine Access Unfiltered podcast, they are plentiful. So Vanessa, if people are interested in finding wines like these and or others that will please their palates in the way they did for Carly today, where can they find them? You can find it at wineaccess.com. Um, you can go there. You can shop the collection online. You can sign up for our daily emails by giving us your email address. If you're looking for a club, we have a wine club. And of course, you can find us on Instagram at Wine Access or Facebook on the Wine Access Experience Facebook group. If you like what you heard today, give us a review and subscribe to the podcast. It means a lot. I'll see you soon. In the meantime, finish your wine, enjoy those last drops and uh, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.